0: Welcome to the fantasy throwdown podcast bringing you the latest in sports news fantasy analysis and opinions don't forget the hot takes can't have a sports show without hot takes these days what about hot cakes though Mm, i want some hot cakes now here's your host ready to jump into the thick of things dwayne calendar good morning and welcome to the show everyone it is championship sunday in the nfl as we've got the AFC title game and the NFC title game, the Packers 49ers. We also have uh, to talk about the triumphant return of Conor McGregor. Uh, Obviously, everything that's gone on with baseball, we're probably going to have to put a a pin on that for the time being, although uh, MLB looks like it is imploding in on itself, even as the Yankees, uh, (laughs) I mean... If you want to talk about as as powerful a great a week as for someone who didn't do anything, imagine the week you have as the New York Yankees. Both the Astros and Red Sox, demonstrating to be known cheaters, fire both their managers. Uh, you know, the Red Sox had already fired their GM, so uh, Dave Dombrowski couldn't get fired again. But, I mean... Jeff Lunau, uh, the Astros manager, uh, Astros GM, got fired in addition to A.J. Hinch. Joey cora is gone. I mean, it's an absolute mess uh, up and down uh, the uh, sphere for baseball. And that's not even getting into the uh, Mike Trout HGH uh, usage allegations. I mean, baseball's got a lot going on. So we're, we're going to uh, put a pin on that for now. Uh, Let's get into it with, uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, UFC 246 last night with the return of the notorious Conor McGregor. Uh, I mean, I wasn't as psyched up for that pay-per-view just because the only way I saw Conor losing was if somehow he gassed himself from punching Donald Cerrone's face in in the first round and was too exhausted. And somehow that fight stretched out into... Uh, the third and fourth rounds and Cerrone got him down. I really, realistically, that was the only way I saw that play happening. Either Connor finishes inside the distance or Cerrone wins by a decision. Uh, that was literally the only two outcomes I really saw out of that fight. And of course, Connor wins in 40 seconds and basically breaks Cerrone's nose in less than 20 seconds, uh, by, uh, in the clinch, show, dipping his shoulder and then smashing it squarely into Cerrone's nose, breaking the bridge of his nose. Uh, you can see the entire fight on the ESPN Sports Center highlight because it didn't last very long. Like I said, it was 40 seconds, and basically 25 seconds of that was uh, Conor McGregor shoulder smashing Cerrone's face in. So uh, yeah, there, there's there's that entire fight. Uh, and not much else to say about it just because of how ridiculously short it was uh after the fight mcgregor calls out not uh kamaru usman the current uh, welterweight champ at 170 not jorge masvidal uh the bad mother muddle- sleeper you know what uh i mean the uh i mean the the winner of the bmf belt uh who's also a killer at 170 who's been calling out mcgregor Not Justin Gaethje, another uh, uh, big puncher in the uh, welterweight division. No. Conor McGregor calls out, and he didn't even do it by name. He called out, Paul, I have the worst uh, nickname in MMA, the Irish Dragon Felder, at the commentary booth by calling it the little at the commentary booth. Uh, You know, it's... Basically, uh, you know, Conor literally called out the safest guy he possibly could have called out at the 170 division. I think that most of this is a setup for Conor and Dana to try one more uh, big money boxing payday with either Floyd or uh, Manny. I really don't think Conor's fighting in the UFC because why would he need to? He already had a dominant win. He kept his name brand alive because there were people questioning after the Habib fight, is Conor completely done? No. Conor is a stylistic matchup for 98% of MMA fighters. There's just a couple of fighters that Conor doesn't really match up well against. The Diaz brothers, for, uh, uh, Nate Diaz for whatever reason, does not match up well, uh, is a bad matchup for Conor. I think Matsuda is a bad matchup for Conor. I think Gaethje... It's a god awful matchup for Connor. As much as Connor likes the brawl, Gaethje would just keep coming forward and try to uh, uh, punch his head off. And Usman, because of his wrestling ability, is a terrible matchup. Uh, in addition to Habib, Kobe Covington, also a terrible matchup. But these are the elite of the elite in MMA, which Connor is that. But from a stylistic matchup standpoint, these are the terrible matchups for Connor. So why would you take those fights when you can get a 10 times larger payday with boxing? If you can somehow talk because uh, there's talk of, uh, Floyd being interested in getting one more payday because Hey, they made a ton of money last time around when they did the whole race baiting, uh, stick, uh, throughout the previews of is MMA going to take over boxing, uh, nonsense, uh, that was uh, going around uh, with hyping up that fight. Now, again, for those of you who don't remember my comments about that fight, uh, oh, man, it's over a year now, that fight. Uh, it's like, it's, uh, it's well over a year now. Uh, we're, we're approaching the 18-month period. But for those of you who, ca- uh, who don't remember my comments about that fight, literally, it was Floyd carried him for multiple rounds, Connor still gassed, and then Floyd put him out of his misery but not too badly, so as not to completely destroy Connor's value. Truth be told, Floyd did Connor more than a solid because he could have easily squashed Connor if he really wanted to. It's the reason why I don't think Connor really wants to fight Manny because Manny would go out of his way to beat the shit out of Connor. Uh, pardon my French. Uh, basically, the bottom line is, uh, you can actually foresee a scenario where Connor gets a rematch with Floyd all under the pretense of making even more money. I, I mean, it's really that simple. <laughs> you know, you can go th- through everything and still, this is just. A money-making operation. And I can't blame Connor. He's made a ton of money and he's built up a name brand for that very reason by being entertaining as hell. I, I you know what is you know, there's nothing wrong with what he's actually been able to do from a marketing standpoint. Now, from a competitive standpoint, he's already been a champion at two separate divisions. There's not a whole lot left to prove at this point. So, yeah. It's time for Connor to make his money. He made his money with Floyd. He recklessly screwed it up by uh, attacking a tour bus in in the middle of New York. I I, I I still can't believe that Connor was actually that dumb to attack a tour bus in Manhattan with Habib and a number of other fighters on it. But yeah, that cost him a lot of money and liability fees. So between the issues that he's had in now Ireland and on state side. Yeah. He's got to make back some of that dough. So this is what he's going to do. He's going to use this win to springboard into getting a much larger payday. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, you know, I can't see him fighting the UFC anytime soon. If he does fight in the UFC any, uh, anytime soon, it's because, uh, Floyd is well and truly retired, and they really don't want to go down the Manny Pacquiao route because uh, Manny going to beat that ass. Manny going to him up. Uh, so that's the way I look at it. In terms of anything else to take away from that pay-per-view, uh, not much. I mean, I already said a couple of, I mean, for the folks that talked to me offline, I, I told you, Cowboy's been done for a couple of years now. The UFC basically uses Cowboy Cerrone as a way of pitching a fight that they know really doesn't sell. But Cowboy is so well beloved that people are going to watch anyway, just because they, you know, they, they, it's like in a they cheer for the underdog story. But man, Cowboy's been done for a while. His chin's no good anymore. His body shuts down. He's a very easy target to hit. Any elite striker is going to put Cowboy down. And Connor proved once again why he's an elite striker. Uh, So that fight was not very hard to predict. It was just a matter of what uh, was Connor's conditioning. He came in excellent shape, and he took care of business. It's as simple as that. So uh, without much further ado, let's get into the NFL action uh, because we've got two big games coming on. Uh, First up, we got the Chiefs playing uh, playing host to the Titans, and truth be told, this is a very dangerous matchup for the Chiefs. Everyone is talking up the Andy Reid story of, could this be Andy Reid's best chance of winning a Super Bowl? Yes, because Patrick Mahomes, without question, is the best uh, quarterback he's ever had. So, yeah, it goes without saying uh, that, uh, you know... Mahomes could easily win Andy Reid a Super Bowl. I mean, anyone that has doubts about that, I don't know what you've been watching. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is without question the best quarterback in the league. It's not close. It really isn't close from a talent perspective. Yes, Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson is the NFL MVP because of how well he's played this year. But... If we're being honest with ourselves, the best quarterback is Mahomes. From athleticism, throwing ability, he's the best QB. It it starts with him and I still think it's probably Deshaun number 2. Although I know folks are are going to be uh thinking it's Brady. I'm I'm not I'm not going to knock on Tom Brady whatsoever because uh you know as much as the Pats struggled this year, I'm still not going to put it squarely on Brady's shoulders as to why the Pats struggled. I still think Brady's a top ten QB. You still have Aaron Rodgers again. Uh Rodgers, different offense this year, different responsibilities. I'm not going to put it on his shoulders as to why uh the effectiveness wasn't quite there this year. But to me, head and shoulders, it is Mahomes as the number one QB. In football, and it's—I don't understand how there it, there could possibly be a debate uh, on this one. But um, so uh, be that as it may. you got the Chiefs as seven and a half point favorites against the Titans, uh, basically who are playing smash mouth football all the way through and unapologetic about it. They are going after teams with the run game and trying to see if you can stop it. And so far, no one's been able to do it. I I worry about the Chiefs because the Chiefs, by far, are the weakest run defense, period, that the Titans have faced uh, this postseason. Uh, Derrick Henry ran for over 150 yards in the first matchup against the Chiefs this year in Week 10. Yes, it was Patrick Mahomes' the first game back. Yes, I was surprised that the Titans won that game, but there were a number of other factors involved then, and the Titans were not nearly as effective with their play-action pass game, which I'll get to in a moment, uh, when that game took place. So, from a statistical model, uh, offensively speaking, and it, it, it depends, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, Tennessee is actually the number one. Uh, they're the number two offense according to Pro Football Focus, uh, compared to the Chiefs at number eleven. Now, again, this is based off a of Pro Football Focus. If you go by uh, DVOA, uh, 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 defensive value adjusted average, uh, the Chiefs uh, would be the number two offense, and Titans would be around number eleven. It like the different uh, statistical analyses. Done. Uh, it depends on the model, so it depends on what you're looking for, uh, particular of how that model is graded out. Me personally, yes, the Chiefs are the better offense, but from an efficiency standpoint and game script standpoint, I kind of lean more towards the Titans in this one. Now, a couple of factors here. Again, the Titans' offensive line completely healthy. Chiefs' weakest run defense the Titans have faced this postseason. Because the Ravens had a better run defense than the Chiefs. Didn't matter. The Pats had a better run defense than the Chiefs. Far and away better than the Ravens and the Chiefs. Didn't matter. Uh, they still ran it up and down on the Pats. So I expect Derrick Henry, unless his body is too tired, and I can't really see him uh, tapping out. I, I think he's going to go full tilt. I don't see a scenario where the Chiefs, all, uh, Chiefs defense can actually stop uh, Tennessee's offense from doing what they want. Because part of the problem that I see happening with the Chiefs is they're going to try to load the box, they're going to play one safety up top, and bring everybody down into the box. The problem with that is you're relying on your corners to play one-on-one against A.J. Brown, and my fear of A.J. Brown matching up uh, against uh, the Chiefs' uh, corners is that AJ Brown can get loose, and if he gets in the open field, he's gone because that's probably a a, a, a cross over the middle that gets sprung for a deep a running pass play all the way down the field. I think AJ Brown could easily top 100 yards; it wouldn't shock me. And I say this fully knowing that Ryan Tannehill threw for 72 and 88 yards the first two games of this postseason. I'll say this again: Ryan Tannehill threw for 72 yards. And 88 yards, he has he he still has yet to throw for over 200 yards this postseason. That's how ridiculous the Titans' run game has been. Is that Ryan Tannehill still has not actually had to throw the ball that much down the field? Yes, a couple of uh, big plays here and there, but other than that, they've been very well contained. The problem is, I think the Chiefs by trying to oversell the stop Derrick Henry, I think Henry still goes off. And I think uh, Ryan Tannehill throws for over 200 yards today. That's that's a problem. Because if the Titans are able to throw for over 200 yards and Derrick Henry still gets uh, a buck 40 on the ground, I'm not sure how the Chiefs actually win this game. I'm going to keep faith that Patrick Mahomes rises to the occasion and finds a way through. But I don't expect anything from the Chiefs defense to actually slow down the Titans today I think the Titans easily uh, score more than 24 points today the uh the over underline on the Titans offense is at 23. I got the uh, I basically have the Titans as as uh, scoring anywhere from 27 to 30 points today that means the Chiefs have got to score <laughs> uh, at least the uh, 31 points if from my uh from where I have it pegged because I don't see a whole lot of scenarios where the Titans are going to be able to be slowed down. I, because the Chiefs are not good at stopping the run, and they're going to have to stack the box. So unless Ryan Tannehill struggles throwing the ball down the field, which he hasn't been this entire second half of the year, the, the Titans' efficiency throwing the football is why they are so ranked uh, ranked so high on pro football focus is because their play-action pass has been the deadliest in the NFL the second half of the season. That's been the... That's been the crux of the problem with matching up against the Titans. New England ran up against that, where New England was trying to do a couple of things to slow down Derrick Henry, but kept getting getting, uh, caught up with the passing game. So then they started saying, okay, we're going to have to respect the passing game. And then Derrick Henry just kept smashing them in the mouth. Baltimore, once they got burned by a couple of deep pass plays, they started turtling up and saying, okay, we're, we're, we're just going to let allow their carry to run downfield. It's going to be a very tricky situation where the Chiefs are going to, I think they're going to keep stacking that box and just saying Ryan Tannehill's going to throw for over 200, uh, 200 yards to beat us today, and I think he can do it. That That's what has me concerned about the Chiefs today. Now, ultimately, what does this all mean? Do I think the Chiefs win this game? Yes. Do I think the Chiefs can cover a seven or seven and a half point spread? Not exactly. I think the Titans will still cover the point spread. I think the Chiefs win it close. But the things I would look out for are, can the Titans take a couple of cheap points off the Chiefs, whether it's through a careless turnover, penalties, Andy Reid mismanaging the two-minute drill, Like at a certain point, can Tennessee manage to skate by with KC misfiring in certain scenarios so that they can get a couple of scenarios where they can manufacture a long touchdown drive and get points on the board, whereas KC doesn't maximize all their scoring opportunities? I think the efficiency game uh, is going to be in favor of the Titans. I think just from a gross overall perspective, Casey is still going to be able to put up points against Tennessee's defense because that Titans defense isn't that good, and I think they wear down in the second half playing a third consecutive, well, actually, Tennessee going to be four consecutive road games because they played on the road in Houston week 17. It's going to be four straight road games, three consecutive playoff uh, road games. I think that's where the defense uh, starts catching up, uh, uh, catch, uh, catch it up uh, to them in terms of uh, fatigue and the Chiefs uh, are able to get more going on offense. But in terms of a DFS perspective, I like Mahomes, and I like Tannehill. Like I said, Chiefs are going to stack the box. Do I like Henry as well? Yeah, because I still don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop uh, stop the uh, Tennessee from running the football. My whole thing is I think Tannehill is going to have a nice passing game, a game as well. So I would play Tannehill. I would play A.J. Brown. I would play Derrick Henry. And the uh alternative would be if you play Mahomes then play play him with Tyreek Hill instead of a j brown obviously um but in terms of other differential makers like I would say you know I'm still looking at uh 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 roster builds where I'm playing both Travis Kelsey and george Kittle uh so it, it depends on what you're looking to do, but from the standpoint of you got to figure out what game script works for you. I think it's a game script where Tennessee stays balanced on offense, scores about 30 points, like 27 to 30 points, and it still comes up on KC's onus to put up more points, and they and they easily hit the over. Uh, the over is uh, at 51. I think this game crushes that over. I think this game ends up uh, going into uh, that uh, 58 to 60 range. Uh, uh, to be uh, perfectly honest, I I don't see a scenario where this over doesn't hit. If the over does, if 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 it comes in under fifty one, that means the Titans won this game and they controlled the clock and Casey's offense never got into a great rhythm and that just became the end of that. I I, I don't see a whole lot of scenario because even if Casey scores a bunch of points. I don't see it's there where Tennessee doesn't score points as well, running the ball and throwing the ball. I, I don't see where Casey's defense does, does a tremendous amount to, uh, and it's not like the Titans are an offensive juggernaut. It's just that they're going to be able to put together drives where they're able to run the ball and throw the ball and have balance. I, I don't see where Casey's going to disrupt them a tremendous amount. Now, Casey can oversell and try to do everything possible to stop Derrick Henry. But I still think Derrick Henry runs for uh, uh, at least a, a buck 40 and a touchdown. I, I I don't see a scenario where Derrick Henry doesn't have a good productive day. So I got to play Derrick Henry today, even though he's going to be chalk as hell. Uh, and from a fantasy perspective, I don't see a scenario where I could fade him when even when I faded him against worse rushing, uh, I mean, against better rushing defenses and he still crushed them. How can I then say he's not going to crush the worst rush defense he's faced this postseason? I I just can't do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be taking the, I'm going to be taking the, uh, the Chiefs to win outright, but from a spread perspective, I'm taking the Titans and, uh, I'm going to be game stacking, uh, most of this game, uh, that's just the way I see it I, I don't I don't see a whole lot of scenarios uh of this game going any other direction moving on to our NFC championship game where we've got the Packers traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers uh in the late game that's uh kicking off around 640. uh here's the thing San Francisco's just flat out better than Green Bay I, I I'll just say plain, uh, the Packers have a good defense. San Francisco has a better defense. Packers have an okay offense. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're great. Uh, they're 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 definitely am- amongst the. I think they're ranked overall twelfth, uh, by uh Pro Football Focus uh in terms of uh overall offense. Uh, but you know, if I'm being honest, it, the The problem I have, again, is the fact that, you know, oh, they're they're ranked eighth in overall offense by pro football focus. The 49ers are fifth. Even from a defensive standpoint, the 49ers are second. The Packers are not, like, the, the 49ers are a flat out better team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the only question where you've got a decisive advantage is the fact that you've got Devontae Adams at wide receiver for the Packers, and you got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Those are the advantages the Packers have. The problem is, Richard Sherman is still Richard Sherman. At a certain point, while I know the Packers are going to do everything that they can to keep Devontae Adams away from Richard Sherman. At a certain point, Richard Sherman is going to go to Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, and say, I want the assignment against Devontae Adams. Let me roll over to his side of the field if Devontae Adams does anything remotely active on offense. I, I just think that it, it it's going to come down to a case of sooner or later the 49ers are going to make adjustments if Devontae Adams starts uh, going off a bit. Because I don't think the uh, the Packers can run against uh, this defensive line against the 49ers. It didn't happen when they traveled out to San Fran earlier this year. I don't see a whole lot changing this go you know, Unless the 49ers come into this game thinking they, that they've got the Super Bowl ticket already punched, I don't see a scenario where uh, they don't shut down the Packers' offense yet again. Because what they the Packers want to do is... Uh, is a, uh, is run the football and play action. I just think that as far as it goes, this just turns into a scenario where uh, they can they can easily shut down the Packers' offense. I I don't I don't see a whole lot of pathways to victory for the Packers here unless they force turnovers on defense and give Aaron Rodgers a short field to work with. They need scenarios where Jimmy G is turning the football over or they could force some fumbles from either Moster or Coleman they need they need uh, some adversity to happen uh they they need adversity to happen to uh uh the 49ers in or, in order to uh, make something happen that that's what it comes down to and you know as far as I can see you know they they really need uh they really need uh something to break in their favor so that's why this matchup to me I think it's fairly straightforward uh you know as it as it goes down it's like I think it's fairly straightforward the 49ers are an eight point favorite seven and a half in some markets uh but you know I don't see a scenario where the 49ers don't cover this because the, the problem is is that at a 46 and a half line. You're telling me that I got to get the Packers to 20 points. I'm not really seeing a whole lot of success for the Packers to get there. Um, you know, it's to me it's a uh, it's it's a big it's a big ask. It's a really big ask. I don't see a, I don't see a whole lot uh, to be honest. Uh, you know, I don't see where the Packers generate enough offense uh to keep this one close i think the 49ers just uh get ahead of them they grind them down in the second half with the run game and they wear out the packers defense i see this playing out very similar to the first game in the regular season i i just can't see where the packers get much of leverage here outside of the 49ers making turnovers and are being careless with the football so from my perspective uh you know if you're looking at this from a dfs perspective The play here would be play, uh, you can play some George Kittle, you can play either Mostert uh, or Coleman at running back, or if you want to fade Kittle or fade Kelsey, you can play Kittle at tight end instead of Kelsey, and you can play both uh, Mostert and Coleman and get the bulk of the 49ers' offense uh, that way and play 49ers' defense. Because I don't see Jimmy G throwing for a ton of yards because the, the 49ers' offense... Is mostly predicated on play action and running the football, and if they get success on the ground, they're not going to air it out later on in the game. They're going to keep running the football. So, to me, the play here is, you know, unless somehow Green Bay can turn this into a shootout, and I just don't see that happening. I'm I'm probably going to take the I'm, I'm probably going to take a pass on the over under just because if Green Bay wilts under the pressure of uh, San Francisco i can also see San Francisco running up a bunch of points on green bay too that that's the other problem about the 46 and a half line with it being down at that level it it it's uh it makes it a little bit trickier uh saying that uh you know it it, it it's it's that the uh that the uh that the over or under would hit because I could see both defenses clamping down, but I just think it's more likely that San Francisco's defense clamps down on Green Bay and then Green Bay's defense just gasses out in the second half and then San Francisco puts a big old number on them. I think that's a far more likely scenario happening. But but betting outright, I, I think uh it, I just think it's in that uh it's just more obvious that um uh I just think it's more obvious that uh, San Francisco dominates this game. I I, I want to say it's a, it's going to be a competitive game, but I, I just don't see where Green Bay is going to be able to take advantage of uh, mismatches against San Francisco. San Francisco coming into this game uh, almost as healthy as they've been since the beginning of the year, and they're peaking right now. And they're just a better team than the Packers. The, the Packers are going to need help. Uh, you know, penalties, turnovers. A fluke injury Some at some point during the game, the Packers are going to need help at some point to get them over the hump because on their own, they're not good enough to beat the San Francisco team. Flat out. They, uh, I would even say Tennessee has a better chance of beating San Francisco than Green Bay does, even though the Packers went 13 3 this year. That's how uh, weird this matchup is because Green Bay isn't exceptional at anything. And yes, I am. I'm going to downplay Aaron Jones. And yes, Aaron Jones feels disrespected this year. But truth be told, he's still not going to strike fear in the hearts of defenses. I'm sorry. Like, he takes advantages of mismatches that teams overlook him. And that's where he does the bulk of his damage. Not teams key in on Aaron Jones and go out of their way to shut him down. That's just not how it works with Aaron Jones. So, uh, again. That's where I'm seeing these games leaning. So I'm taking the 49ers money line. I would take 49ers with the spread uh, and laying the points. I would, uh, I would uh, stay away from the over just because I can see the 49ers blowing out the Packers. Uh, so I, I don't want to take, uh, the over under there just because that 46 and a half line seems a little bit too low. Uh, because I think the 49ers can hang a big number on them. Uh, so that's all I've got uh, for today. I uh, gave you my DFS picks, so uh, definitely game stack the, uh, 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 the Titans-Chiefs uh, game, because I think that's where the bulk of your points are going to come from. Uh, definitely like Derrick Henry. Uh, fan of uh, yeah, playing uh, stacks with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Tannehill, and A.J. Brown. I'm a fan of uh, those options. Uh, And then uh, if you can uh, get some uh, chances to run it back with uh, some other uh, plays, I would say take the San Francisco running back situation because, uh, as I said, I expect the 49ers to take control of this game and run it down the Packers' throat. So uh, expect points from out of uh, the three-headed monster of Brita, Coleman, uh, and Mostert. Most likely it's going to be Mostert and Coleman, but if it gets it into ugly fashion, don't be surprised if you see Matt Breida uh, doing uh, that cleanup work uh, in the fourth quarter and getting a bunch of fantasy points that way. So uh, that will do it for the show today. Uh, Enjoy the games, everyone, and we will uh, definitely be talking more sports as we uh, wrap up the NFL season because, uh, as I said, there's a lot of mess going on for baseball. And, uh, uh, I can't wait to dive into it because man, it's going to be a very weird, uh, baseball season this year, given everything that's happened. So that's all for now. Enjoy the games and until next time.